This is the voice of Carnage, and you are listening to Carnage Cast. Hi everyone, welcome to Carnage Cast, the podcast about tabletop gamings and the convention where we play them, Carnage, this year on the mountain at Killington in Vermont, November 8th through the 10th, 2013. This is episode 45, Board Games at Carnage on the Mountain, and with me tonight is Rod, our uh, board game field marshal. Hi Rod, how are you? Hi Tyler, I'm fine. Welcome back to the show. Uh, thanks. Uh, it's been a while, you know, been a, bit, been a busy summer getting all the board games and uh, card games ready for Carnage, so we got a nice selection this year. Uh, have you been playing anything this summer, or is it all just beating the bushes for GMs? Not all just beating the bushes. I get to play while I beat the bushes. So, you know, I have been playing quite a bit. I play my regular Wednesday night game um, game uh, sessions up at uh, Triple Play. And we've been playing a lot of different board games up there. Some old classics, Power Grid and uh, Agricola have gotten played. And, of course, their tournaments are going on. Power Grid is next weekend. Um, and I've been playing in a Twilight Struggle League this this summer um, up at Triple Play, which has been a lot of fun. It's been a while since I'd played that, and I'm just really enjoying, you know, the competition up there. So is this sort of organized board game play a, a usual thing at Triple Play? Well, of course, the Wednesday, the Wednesday night games, the, Wednesday, the, the weekly Wednesday night games have been going on. We're going into our fourth year coming up in August and September, when we started about four years ago. So, yeah, that's always been there. Um, and we're getting, a, uh, you know, that's actually grown to 16 to 20 people every Wednesday. So we have three or four games going at a time. Um, but this year they've, we've also been uh, doing, they've also been doing, we, and we've been helping them, uh, a board, the board game challenge tournaments. Um, once a month we play a board game and keep a running tally of how everyone is doing in, in, the, in the tournaments. And there will be a final victor at the end of it. Um, various games, Dominion, Ticket to Ride. Stone Age, Clash of Cultures, um, Power Grid, Agricola, Small World, Lords of Waterdeep is coming up, um, and then there will be some other games for October, November, and December. Um, but also, uh, there have been uh, monthly Netrunner tournaments, and a Twilight Struggle, um, the Cold War game, the two-player two Cold War game league going on, where you play everybody a couple of times over the course of the league, and keep track of who's winning and who's losing and you know again a little more competition so there has been quite a bit of organized board gaming going on at triple play um not only this summer but you know starting the beginning of this year when you have that kind of organized play going on what is that bringing to the the local community as in in uh contrast to uh well this is the game i bought this week who wants to play it with me we asked we asked the, the the local board gamers that are there on Wednesday what types of games they want to play in the tournaments. Um, there's obviously if we had the Twilight Struggle, um, which Andy Palmer and myself helped organize. Um, you know, we were interested in playing, and as we talked it up, and and you know, it, these didn't just happen overnight. We you know we talked them up. People said, hey, I want to try it. And we've got a couple of new players playing, some veteran players playing. Um, and it's also bringing in people from outside the Upper Valley or outside the, the, the usual triple play um, area. We've had people coming down from central Vermont, coming over from Plymouth, New Hampshire, um, the Plymouth State College guys, um, for various events. Um, and 
what we're seeing is, as, as these events go on and we publicize them and get them going, we're seeing more and more people tra- maybe traveling, especially for the tournaments or for the one-day events. And we're also seeing um, more people coming to the Wednesday nights. Um, you know, like I said, we're up to 16 to 20 people. When we first started four years ago, there were six of us that showed up on an irregular basis. So, you know, as long as you just keep doing it and publicizing it, it's, it's, it's bringing local board gaming, you know, to the forefront. And you'd be amazed at the people that have come out of the woodwork that, you know, you didn't realize were board gamers or, or just gamers in general. Because, of course, Triple Play is not just doing board games. They do uh, War Machine tournaments. They do Flames of War every Friday night. They, of course, they have their Friday Night Magic and other Magic tournaments. Um, they have all kinds of gaming going on there. So, And uh, as, you know, as, as a community focal point like a game store builds up its uh, stable of regular people, the, the game night itself, you know, is stable, and the people who want to drop in and out are able to do so, whereas I seen situations where and unless you have that core of people the drop-ins will just show up and find an empty room and then they never come back right right I, and and the people at triple play i mean the regulars that are there are very very happy that you know anybody new coming in you make sure they get into a game a game they like a game you know a new game they want to try um you know very friendly group o- over there and and like you said it's become it's become a very close-knit gaming community at triple play um, everybody knows everybody else, and, and you can drop in or, or not drop in or play whatever you want to play at any given time. Um, I mean, they also have, and I think I forgot to mention this, I just played less, this past Sunday, Ameritrash Sunday, uh, the first Sunday of every month. We play bigger games, not necessarily Ameritrash games, but most of them are. The games that you can't get in on a Wednesday night, you know, these five- or six-hour monstrosities that, that, you know, you just want to play all day. Once a month, you know, we have a Maritrash Sunday, so you can get into a game like an Eclipse, or uh, we played Axis and Allies uh, World War One, nineteen fourteen, this pla- this past Sunday. Um, another table was playing um, Sid Meier Civilization. Uh, Arkham Horror has been played. Um, all these big, big, long games that take longer than you would have on a Wednesday night. Most of my gaming this summer has been role playing. I my uh, Pathfinder group's uh, progress through. Carrion Crown is proceeding. Uh, we're up after it's uh, been about a year and, and six months, and we're somewhere in the sixth book. the The GM is being very cagey about where he's just letting us know. Yes, there is still more to go. So, now is that part of the um? Is that part of the, the Pathfinder, the official Pathfinder? All your characters registered and so on? Because isn't that how Pathfinder works? I, or is this just a um, Pathfinder campaign that you're doing? individually outside of that that organized play yeah we've gone off the grid on this one this is a home game where uh they they he's we're using a published campaign called carry and crown but we're, mm-hmm. we're playing for our own amusement and there's no prestige points or logging activity with the pathfinder society or anything like that it's oh. uh purely for our own amusement and we do manage to amuse ourselves great yeah it's uh we're, we're getting to that point in D D where you can get in about Two fights and one conversation in an evening. <laughs> Sounds like the same. Yeah. Two dungeons and a conversation in an evening. <laughs> and discussion about what's going to go on the pizza, of course. Exactly. Exactly. Where, where to go to? Where to go for lunch? Yeah. yeah. And um, 
in addition to that 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 weekly campaign, I've been trying to get more uh, playtime with the Call of Cthulhu card game because that's sort of been the thing I decided to focus on. And mm-hmm. uh, lately, that's it's paying off because I'm finally exploring the uh, the game over IP approach with clients like Lackey, where uh, the everything's digital and you're just sort of shuffling things around on a virtual tabletop. It's not the same, but it's really a lot easier to get someone to. It's easier to schedule time with a player over the internet. Now, do you have do you, do you do that a lot? Do you have a regular regular opponents on on this uh, lackey? No, not yet. It's mainly people I'm cajoling into trying it. Right. But it, at least it's easier to to say to a father of two, "Hey, uh, let's play a game tonight at nine after the kids have gone to bed," as opposed to, "Why don't you come down to quarterstaff at you know six thirty, and then we'll." play for a couple hours and then you'll go home and your spouse will be displeased with you for having gone out all night right well you know as we get older that's 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 the nature of it you know you, you can't go out every i mean i've been missing some wednesdays this summer as spending more family time going on vacation etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i understand that it's uh it's proven interesting because it also sort of opens up options in a card game environment where you may not necessarily have bought every box and pack yet no, no. Now, have you been, you've been playing some Netrunner too, haven't you? Yes, we're getting a regular thing going at um, Quarterstaff on Mondays that we're calling Netrun Days. Right. And um, it's 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 we're we're we're, you know, we're a small knot of four or five at the moment, but it's been nice to sort of have a regular thing at Quarterstaff again. Well, you know, like I said, uh, Triple Play has their has their, and I do play in their tournaments when I can, um, but I'm not super competitive in Netrunner. I, you know, I pick up the ones that interest me, the packs or whatever, and that's, that's it. And I, you know, I'm not one of those people that has three of the starters so that I can have a completely um, competitive or, or tournament-ready deck. Um, so, yeah, you know, I just have to go and have fun. Um, but yeah. it's, it's nice that, that Andy has been uh, uh, willing to organize this once-a-month thing. And on Wednesday nights, you know, sometimes people will come and just want to try out their new decks, so. It's been it's been really picking up steam there at the, at Triple Play too. So is Netrunner the the card game of choice in well second to Magic I would guess, but are any of well, the other I mean, card games on the scene showing up at Triple Play? We we do play some uh, Lord of the Rings, the the, uh, the LCG from Fantasy Flight um, that gets to the table on occasion, and the other one that's been hitting the table this summer more since it came out is the Marvel Legendary game which is similar to um, Ascension. You kind of have like a deck that you are trying to beat. You have villains out there and you are one of the heroes or you're trying to build your hero deck. And um, it's, it's, I enjoy it, actually, a little more than Ascension. Um, but that's gotten, that's gotten some play there, too. So I'd like to give that a try sometime. Deck building sort of petered out once Dominion hit saturation point. It depends because it, it, it kind of it, 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 there's different types of deck building. Marvel Legendary is more like the Ascension deck building where you're buying from a, a central pool. Um, I wouldn't even call it Dominion like. I mean, it's well. I mean, I always thought Ascension and Dominion were fairly similar because it is a common pool. It's, the Ascension pool is changing over, and there's not like stockpiles of stuff. Right. Right. Well, Marvel. Yeah. Okay. You, you are right. They are. They are a central pool. Marvel Legendary is more like Ascension in that it keeps changing. Yeah, okay. Not a set number of cards. That's what we've been playing this summer, but we're also working towards Carnage on the Mountain coming up uh, the second weekend of November. 
Yes. And as yeah. the uh, the as the field marshal for board games, you uh, have the most intimate knowledge of anybody of what's going to be in the board game category this year. Our our schedule is is very close to complete. Um, we have approximately 120, 130 games um, slots, not different games. Um, maybe about 75, 80 different games, because of course some of the games will be running. The mo- some of the more popular games will be running more than once. Um, and it looks like a great slate. This is the most we've had in the board game um, section since we started. So I'm very excited about some of the games. We have, uh, we have some games debuting at uh, Carnage this year. Now, they're not necessarily the newest games, but they're games that, you know, because of our timing and Essen being such a big um, board game release in uh, late October, we very rarely get the Essen games, but these are some of the Essen games that'll be deba- from last year that'll be debuting at um, Carnage this year. Mm-hmm. We have games like Terra Mystica, um, a couple slots of that, Zulkin the Mayan Calendar, um, Castles of Burgundy, Tammany Hall, another very popular game um, with our group on Wednesday nights, um, Spartacus, Blood in the Sand, um, and... We do have, and uh, we have it on pretty good authority that it will be out and it will be there. It was kickstarted as the Ogre Sixth Edition, and we have three different slots of that this year, um, one each day, Friday night, Saturday night, and there will be one Sunday morning. Well, it's three different GMs. Only one is the Men in Black. Men in Black, of course, will be there at Carnage again. They have a great. They have a great. Um, Doug Gray has taken over running our Men in Black section, and he has gotten us a great slate of men of Steve Jackson games. Uh, everything from Munchkin uh, Legends to a Munchkin Tournament to uh, Nanook to Castilian, um, you name it, Stars Are Right, and including, of course, Ogre 6th Edition. Uh, but then we have two independent GMs that wanted to run it and uh, had kickstarted it, and we're, gonna, we're fairly sure they were going to get it by Carnage. So, we have, again, we have it on, on the slate for, for three different times. So we're looking forward to that. And, of course, we have our, our usual fare. You know, um, the Game of Thrones is back for its 10th year on Friday afternoon, the big extravaganza that they do, um, as well as a uh, Dance with Dragons version of it on Saturday afternoon. Mm-hmm. And with the Friday uh, afternoon Game of Thrones, they usually have what kind of tables for that? They have at least three. Um, in the past, they have gone up to four. Um, so... No worries about getting into that game. Um, the the GMs are always always willing to add another as long as they can find another copy of the game, which which we should be able to dig up fourth. They're always willing to start another game. Um, and if they're experienced players, I have I have it on good authority, and they want to try the new Dance with Dragons or even the Feast of Crows um, variations from Fantasy Flight. Those will most likely be available as well. Um, on that Friday afternoon slot, so those two, those different variations will, will be uh, available. And even though it's ten years out, is there will there be opportunities for people who still haven't tried Game of Thrones to get in on it? Absolutely. I had uh, a couple of people ask me um, uh, about getting, making sure they could get into it because they had never tried it, and I said, make sure you pre-register early because it does fill up. You know, even if there's eighteen, twenty people playing, so. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so there are still people out there that have never tried Game of Thrones. But there's space for them at the table. But there will be space for them at the table. And the nice thing is, um, with the number of GMs that, they, that help run this, 
Uh, there is always um, Bill Parker, always handles the beginner's table, and he's very good, um, does a great job, and uh, you'll get a great feel for the game, and he'll help you with strategy and so on and so forth. So, you know, that you will be paired at a table according to your ability of playing the game. So. Mm. And you won't you won't be you won't be in with the sharks if you're just learning. No, Bill has a very light touch. It'll be a gentle stab in the back. That's right. That's right. That's right. But he will warn you that it's coming too. He will, and then he'll wash the blade afterward. <laughs> um, we do have a couple of new uh, games coming out, and um, they're not new games, but they're new um, versions of them. In, in that. Uh, we're looking at some live action here in the board game section this year. We have uh, two different games, three different slots of um, live action games or board games that are going to be going on. In other words, the board will be on the you know on the floor, mm-hmm. laid out, and the players will actually be moving around the board. They will be the pieces. They will be you know. And to give you exam- to give to give you a specific, it's going to be Robo Rally is one of them. Rebel Rally live action will run Friday night and Saturday morning. There will be teams of two. One player will be programming the robot. The second player will be the robot. Um, and uh, I've seen the game. It looks really good. There will be, you know, obviously they're not going to be moving parts to the game, but, you know, everything that you have in Robo Rally, the, the lasers, the pits, the uh, moving conveyor belt, belts will be represented on a large... Um, 36 by 36 area. Mm-hmm. So, um, so that, that will be going on Friday night and Saturday morning. And then uh, that's uh, Brent Cody, the uh, Goronskis, and Cassie Bobar will be handling that. Mm-hmm. The other live action game is from Jeannie Compter, um, and it's the Great Big Forbidden Island. That'll be Sunday morning. Uh, anyone who's played Forbidden Island is kind of a, a co op game with tiles. Um, Where so, there are adventurers trying to rescue artifacts from a sinking island. Correct, correct. And so pieces will be taken out, but you will be the players. You will actually be the players on the island, and they will be moving around um, the island as it sinks, trying to get these artifacts. Mm -hmm. So those are kind of um, uh, unique, uh, different uh, ways to play a couple of of old games. And we're looking forward to those. That'll be good. But I think with Jeannie and the... uh, uh, the, the Naronskis and Brent Cody and those people, they really put a lot of effort into this, and I think that this is really good. And these two games really lend themselves to this mm-hmm. um, just because of the way they're set up with the, with the grids and uh, the robo-rally with the, with the controller and the robots and, and you know, the players on the, on the island as the island sinks. I think these games really lend themselves to being played this way, and it should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. So. I look forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah, but those are, those are the big things that are happening. Of course, we have our, our, our Dominion tournament on Saturday night. Now, uh, Dominion's just had its latest expansion, Guilds, come out. Is that going to be a feature in this year's tournament? Um, it's always a possibility and probably will. Some cards from Guild will probably get used. Um, the way we've done it in the past is there will be... Uh, the base set usually gets used for the preliminary rounds. Um, there will be set cards that everybody will be playing at every table. When we get to the final rounds, um, there will be a few set cards, and the players will be picking the other cards from various other sets. Um, so it adds a little depth to the strategy there. Um, we tried that for the first time last year, and it worked really well. We're going to do it again this year. 
So let's say, you know, you've got ten cards in Dominion. Two will be set, and then the four players at a final table will each pick two additional cards from various sets that they have been randomly given. Oh, so it's, there's a bit of a drafting element. A dra- exactly, exactly. And again, that adds a little strategy, because they'll pick them, they'll all pick one, so then you'll know what six of the cards are, and then you'll still have this selection of four or five different cards, so you're, you can kind of contemplate what works well with what's already out there. Um, and we found that it works well, and, and, and the participants have really enjoyed doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we will be giving away, uh, I don't know if anyone was at the Green Mountain Gamers auction in their, their mega spring um, meltdown this year at, at, Lake, at Lake Moray, but uh, they gave away a beautiful wooden Dominion case, and we will also have one of those as, as the first prize for the Dominion tournament this year. So That was a nice forward. first prize. I, I was uh, very impressed by the one I saw at Lake Moray. Right, the same person is making it for us, Randy Zafterback. It's a really nice case. It can hold every single Dominion card made, so that's a plus. Get rid of all those boxes. And that's the only board game tournament we have. Uh, we, well, in the card game area, we're listing it as a card game, but again, it gets listed as a board game as well at various places. Netrunner will be making its debut at, at Carnage this year, too. There will be a Netrunner tournament on Sunday morning. Like like we've just been talking about, Netrunner ha- has a steadily growing audience in the... Uh vermont and new hampshire area so hopefully they'll all be able to get together and clash correct yeah you'll see who has actually the best between quarterstaff triple play and uh the plymouth the plymouth state guys play i believe there's some players down near game castle and i'm sure we'll draw some from new york as well um we of course have all the board game classics power grade lahav agricola carcassonne settlers of Catan. um you know all the, the top games that are um on board game geek right now um, so there'll be plenty of games to play, and I even touched on the war game room, which will be going off again this year, of course. Yeah, the war game room is set up a little bit differently from the board game area. Maybe we should let people know how that goes. Well, how the war game room works? There are there are only a few scheduled events um, in there, uh, and sometimes even the war games that are scheduled are not necessarily going to be in the war game room. I know that, like, Friday night, Mark Gwinnett from uh, Montreal is going to be down to run a combat, combat commander tournament. Um, and David Chang will be around Sunday to, to run, um, from Council of Five Nations, uh, will be around Sunday to run Conflict of Heroes in the War Game Room. But uh, the War Game Room is, is more of a, a um, you go in, there'll be a bunch of war games there, whether Carnage provides them, which we do, um, or, or people will bring their war games. And you just find an opponent and play. A lot of them are two players. Some of them are more. I expect to see um, uh, the coin series from GMT there on mass. Uh, that's Andy and Abyss, Cuba Libre, and uh, a distant plane will be out. Those are the three main. And those are multiplayer games, um, card-driven multiplayer games. The other thing is um, over on Consim World, which is a, a forum for war games. Uh, there will be a folder in it for Carnage where people will be setting up games to play over the weekend at Carnage, um, whether it be OCS, Washington's War, Twilight Struggle, um, Mr. Madison's War, uh, whatever whatever war game you want to play. could be these coin games by Volko Ruke, uh, Cuba Libre, uh, A Distant Plane, which is the insurgency in Afghanistan, um, or Andy Nabis insurgency in Colombia. Um, so, you know, 
Labyrinth, The War on Terror. There'll be a lot of these games that'll just be going on all weekend long. The War Game Room is set up so that you can leave these games set up because they do take longer. They'll be set up and go in and play. Um, the War Game Room will be bigger at Killington than it was at Lake Moray. Yep. Uh, it's a bigger space, so there should be more room for even more games. But like I said, there are a few scheduled events um, that may or, that are going off that are war games that will be going off in there. Um, Combat Commander Tournament. Friday night, and Conflict of Heroes Sunday. Um, there will be some Memoir 44 going off Saturday. Prop may or may not be in there, depending on space. Um, but the War Game Room is just, you know, it's a, a more of a pick-up, play-in-your-own-games type thing. And, the, you know, and again, the War Gamers are very happy to, to play games, and a lot of them will teach you games as well. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing we do have is, is, you know, I was talking about Twilight Struggle earlier that we're playing in the league. Matt Taylor is bringing... Uh, Twilight Struggle as a as a, a um, beginner session of Twilight Struggle because mm-hmm. Twilight Struggle is one of those games. It's the top game in the board game geek, but it's also a game that can be kind of intimidating because it looks more complicated than it really is. So he'll be teaching people how to play Twilight Struggle on Saturday morning. Um, he'll be able to you know set it up and give you some strategy to hints and, and teach you how to play the game. You know, and you'll find out that it's really not as hard a game as you thought, um, and that it's a lot of fun. So. The key thing to take away is that uh, the war, the war game room is far more than it just appears to be on the schedule, and people uh, should seek it out to try some games or find people to play the game they have brought with them. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and again, we'll we'll post on the website and on Facebook and stuff the, the links to Consum World, which is where we um, a lot of the people go to set up games. Yes, people um, will find that link in the show notes for this episode of the podcast as well. Correct. Um, I don't know if the, if the um, folder's been set up yet for Carnage this year, but it will be very shortly um, on Consum World. So. And you just go there and you say, hey, I want to play Mr. Madison's War, and you'll get people that will say, yeah, let's play, and they'll set up a time, and you come in and play. Mm-hmm. So. so that's board games in a nutshell. Uh, well, more than a nutshell. It's a big nutshell. It's a big nutshell. Um, like I said, this is the most board games we've had since we started Carnage um, in any given time. So uh, we're really looking forward to a, a good year in the board game room. Yeah, it sounds like there's a packed uh, schedule. And th- those are just the highlights because the, the book itself is going to have every game anybody ever wanted to find somebody to play with. Absolutely. And, of course, you know, just to mention this, Carnage Library will be there, too. We will have... Oh, the library. The, the board game library will be there. Um, it'll be set up a little differently this year. As it will be out front of the main ballroom, the Oscar Wilde ballroom. Um, we will be signing games out. You come, you see a game you want to try. Uh, you ask whoever is at the, the info desk at the board game miniatures room, and they will sign out a game for you. You can take it and go play it, and there will be plenty of space within the Oscar Wilde room. Or, you know, just there's, there's going to be nooks and crannies in Killington to go play a game. So, you know, you want to try, and, and you may even find uh, staff around that will help you learn the game as well. So the board game library will be there, and it's, it's become more and more extensive as the years have gone on. Mm-hmm. There's that. There's always open gaming. Something not on the schedule during a certain time, you want to try something new, have no fear. I mean, half the time you just have to wander through the board game room or the, the lounge area and look for somebody holding up a game box. And they're True. either looking for a teacher or they're looking for players. Exactly. Exactly. That, that will happen quite often. 
there will be some demo games, I'm sure, in the in the vendors' room as well. For example, Black Knight Comics uh, will be demoing the uh, the new uh, card game Weiss Schwartz this year. Yes, that's that's going to be Saturday afternoon. Um, they're also doing some Seven Wonders, but yeah, there will, and, and there will be additional, um, I'm sure, additional pickup games or games that are, will be going on in the dealer's room as well when it's open. Um, I think Triple Play will be doing some demos. Um, I believe Quarterstaff will probably do some demos. Cooper's Cave, um, some of the other vendors that are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and not just board games. Also uh, in the vendor's room will be uh, C.J. Henderson again this year. Um, and he's running some Cthulhu RPGs for us this year. Yes, he's not just an author and a raconteur, he's also a game master. He's, Correct. He's, he's running the heretofore untitled Call of Cthulhu adventure that he uh, he likes to run at conventions. Right. Where, uh, you know how it is, you're in the 20s, things happen, investigation happens. Exactly. More things happen, but these things are now squamous. That's how it right. goes. And just to touch on the card games, of course, we'll have Magic again this year, um, M14, uh, the base set, Mini Masters, and a return to Ravnica block sealed tournament. Um, and, uh, of course, the Friday night EDH, which is always fun. Mm-hmm. And you guys, are, you guys stick with EDH. You haven't switched over to Commander? Uh, no, we stick with EDH, and actually Triple Play sticks with EDH, too. It's just, you know, it's always been Elder Dragon Highlander. We didn't switch to Commander, so we prefer Elder Dragon Highlander. There can only be one. Sounds cooler. It sounds cooler and more infringy. That's right. (laughs) So, yeah, that'll be going on Friday night as usual. Um, But uh, that's what's going on in the board games and card games this year. Um, There should be plenty to do. Yeah, I, I don't think anybody's going to have issues finding something to do this weekend. No, not at all. Not at all. I am, I'm looking forward to seeing everyone in November. I'm looking forward to a great uh, great convention in the board game room. I'm looking for a great convention everywhere. Uh, yes. You know, I'm looking forward to Killington. And, uh, you know, one of my GMs said that one of the things he's really looking forward to is learning where everything is again. And I said, well, that's you and me both. Uh, you know, I've had the advantage of actually touring the facilities, but it's still going to be all new. It's going to be, uh, you know that feeling of, of, of newness again to the convention, which we're looking forward to. So. Yeah, wait, wait, is that a left or a right? Which way is the ice machine? That's right. But I am sure by the end of the, by the, end of the convention, everyone will know where they're going. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Rod, thanks for checking in with us tonight. Glad to hear that board games are going full steam ahead. I, my pleasure to be here. You've been listening to Carnage Cast, a production of NNEG LLC. All rights reserved. For more information, visit us at www.carnagecon.com.